The Audio Vault on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star is brought to you by AA Best Bail Bonds, 225-2121 or online at mybestbailbonds.com. It is the Blitz here on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. He is Joe Reinagel. I'm Jay Semenics. Post-mortem on the Cowboys season. Let's talk about it. Shereen Williams from Pro Football Talk joining us on the Buyers Barricades guest line. Shereen, I hope you're doing your best to stay warm up there in Dallas. Um, Is it colder outside or inside the uh, star right now? (laughs) Uh, Or it might be hot at the star on the hot seat. Yeah, I'm not sure if it's cold there or hot there. So I think we'll probably find out at the end of the week sometime. Yeah, Shireen, uh, I, nobody expected what happened on Sunday, to say the <laughs> least. I, I expected a more competitive game. I didn't think the Cowboys would blow Green Bay out of the water, but I certainly didn't expect Green Bay to blow Dallas out of the water. Well, there was one scenario that Mike McCarthy had to avoid. I mean, there's no question he was coming back if he avoided one scenario, and that scenario played out. On Sunday at AT&T Stadium, you know, you couldn't get embarrassed in the wild card round, and that's what's happened. They they looked like they were outcoached, they were outplayed, they weren't ready to play, all those things that you talk about. I mean, you saw it on Sunday, and, you know, as Kyle Shanahan kind of joked about today, he started preparing for the Packers in the second quarter of that game on Sunday because he knew the Cowboys weren't going to come back, and, and I think everybody pretty much knew when it was 27 nothing that the Cowboys weren't going to come back from that. So it was an embarrassment. I mean, I don't know where it ranks. Somebody asked me yesterday where it ranked in their history. It's got to be right there. I mean, I, I it's it's got to be right there uh, among embarrassments in the postseason, just the way they were manhandled at home with, you know, 16 and – Oh, in their last 16 games at, at AT&T Stadium and, and just to not show up is just, it, 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 you can't explain it. I mean, I, I just think it's it's so stunning um, for everyone. You know, I, I, I would guarantee if you asked the Packers, they were surprised that it was that easy for them. It's it is unexplainable. As Shereen Williams from Pro Football Talk joins us here on the Blitz, although we we try to explain or try to try to figure out the the why and the defense, while Dak was not good by any stretch, that defense was so bad and never made any adjustments. How does a team with a defensive coordinator like Dan Quinn, who's got all these head coaching uh, job opportunities uh, and interviews scheduled for, for this week, how does the defense come out and play that poorly with that bad of a plan? And kind of a second part to it, does Mike McCarthy have the authority to sign off on that plan, or is it kind of Dan Quinn coaches the defense and his plan is what goes? I, I just don't understand what we saw defensively. Yeah, they played more zone than they have. They were a man, played more man during the regular season, and they come out and they play zone and never really adjusted. They never got to the quarterback. I'm just looking, sitting here looking at the defensive stats right now. I mean, these defensive stats are ugly. You go down the sacks, there's nothing there. You go down quarterback hits, there are three of them there. Where was Michael Parsons? Uh, two two tackles, one quarterback hit after talking all that noise last week, not going to let DQ down. Passes defense, one. Tackles for loss, one. It, it, those defensive stats are embarrassing. And, and you're right, Dak was not good. They The offense gave up 14 of those 48 points. But still, most points 
this team has allowed in franchise history, 38 points a couple times, I think three times, was the most previously. They give up 10 more than that. Again, I understand that gave up a pick six and, and an interception by Alexander at the 19, which is a short touchdown drive. I get all that. But you needed one unit to play well, whether it was the offense or the defense. You needed one unit to play well, and one unit didn't play well. The defense was terrible. The offense was terrible. Sam Williams has the had the horrible early penalty on special teams. So nobody on this entire team, I mean, if you start searching for somebody who played well, I think you're going to have a hard time naming somebody who played well or coached well in that game. I just – I don't see it. I don't. I don't think anybody played well. I don't think anybody coached well in that game. They looked ill prepared. They don't. They didn't look like they had a good plan going in, and they didn't look like, as you said, made any adjustments at all in that entire game. All right, Shereen. This may be simplistic, but I'm going to throw it out there anyway. You can hammer me if it is. Is it possible that the Cowboys going into this game, playing at home, 16 game winning streak? Green Bay Packers seven seed that they just didn't think it was going to be much of a problem dispatching the Packers. Maybe I I I mean how else can you explain it? I, I don't know. I don't know how else you explain it. You know, and and if you thought you were going to come out, if you've watched the Packers lately, if you watch the past four games before this one and now five games that Jordan Love played, I don't know how you watch that film of him and go, this is going to be really easy. I mean, the four games before this, he had nine touchdowns and no interceptions. He now has, in the past five games, 12 touchdowns and no interceptions. So if you were watching any kind of film at all, you should have known that this was not going to be a cakewalk. This Packers team has played as a different team the last four regular season games. That's why they got into the tournament. So, but that's, I agree with you, that's exactly what it looked like. It looked like they thought they were just going to, walk out there as the big, bad Dallas Cowboys who never lose at home, and we're just going to show up and we're going to dismantle the Packers pretty easily and, and walk on into the next second round where we're going to host the Detroit Lions next week. But, it, you know, it doesn't work like that in the NFL. It doesn't work like that in the postseason. And, and every team that gets in there is capable, fully capable, uh, except maybe the Eagles, but capable <laughs> of beating you at, at any time. Um, so – but I agree with you. That's exactly what it looked like. Shereen Williams from Pro Football Talk here on uh, The Blitz. Shereen, I, I, Dak Prescott has incredible regular season numbers. Postseason's not there. Is it he can't handle the pressure of the postseason? He didn't look sharp. C.D. Lamb had some early drops in that game. I was in the building, but there were times when uh, they would show Mike McCarthy. Uh, you know, he even looked like he was – not handling the pressure well. Was there just too much pressure to win this playoff game? And if that's the case, do the Cowboys have the right people in place if they can't handle playoff pressure? All great questions, right? Dak Prescott now 2-5 and five in the postseason. So you do have questions about that. Look, two of the last three years there in the wild card round, there's been one home playoff team lose in the wild card round. Cowboys did it two years ago against the 49ers, a more competitive game, obviously, but still some mismanagement at the end of that game, and this one just flat-out blown out. The other home teams win in this round. Serious questions that Jerry Jones has got to be asking. Do I have the right people in place? Do I have the right quarterback in place? Dak Prescott has a $59.5 million cap hit next year. The only way to lower that 
is to extend that contract. Are you willing to commit to him for another three, four, five years at 50 to $55 million a year? I wouldn't be. But that's the only way you're going to lower that cap number. So then what do you do if you don't lower that cap number? I don't know. To me, that puts this team in a huge pickle going forward about the, who they're going to resign, how much they're going to resign them for, who they're going to have to let go, all those things. I mean, they've got some serious, serious questions to ask. If Dak would have played well, it would have been a really easy decision. You extend him, you lower that cap number next year, you have plenty of money to resign all these players you need to resign, including Michael Parsons, all that group of players you need to resign. But now I just think they've got some serious questions to ask about the future of this team. Baker Mayfield has two playoff wins. He has the same number of playoff wins that Dak Prescott has. And look at what the Bucks are paying him. Now they're going to have to pay more for next year, but they're not going to have to pay him 50 or $55 million, That's for sure. So, you know, serious, serious questions uh, about the future of Dak Prescott, the future, obviously, of Mike McCarthy, and the future of other players on this roster, on this team. I can't imagine Dan Quinn, frankly, uh, being back. And I think he was the succession plan for Jerry Jones for a long time. And, and I don't think he's back. Regardless of whether Mike McCarthy's back or not, I don't think Dan Quinn's back. He either gets a head coaching job. I think it's Kellen Moore a year later. He either gets a head coaching job or they come out and say, hey, we've moved on from Dan Quinn, assuming that they keep Mike McCarthy. And I'm not saying they're going to. I'm, I don't think any decisions have been made. I think they're taking their time just like they did with Jason Garrett, talking to players, talking to assistant coaches, seeing what went wrong, seeing what they need to do, what's best for the organization moving forward. I think they're going to take time to do that. I just went back and looked at, at when Jason Garrett, because I recalled it being a week, and it was a week. They dismissed and didn't really dismiss him because his contract was up. But on the Sunday, the next Sunday, so a week from when the season ended, they came out and said Jason Garrett will not be back as our head coach. I think it's going to be that same kind of timeline going forward this year. Interesting. Well, it's always an interesting offseason when it comes to the Dallas Cowboys. That's for sure, and this year is going to be no different at all. Uh, as the esteemed Aggie here on the phone, Shereen, I have to ask you about Ross Bjork today, uh, leaving Texas A&M, going to Ohio State. Is there a story behind that? Well, I'm not surprised. I, you know, just the way the Mark Stoops thing went down, um, the way Ross handled that, that was a, a Ross hire on his own. Um, and, and I think that they that they came to an agreement at that point that it was time for Ross to go look for a job and move on, and I think that's what happened. And so I think both sides are happy with the way it played out. Ross obviously gets to go to a great program, uh, not just a landing spot, but a, a great program that he's going to. And A&M gets to start over with, with another AD, which I think they were ready to do. So I think this worked for both sides. Um, you know, it won't happen, obviously, until July. He'll finish out the, the school year. But I, I think it worked out It worked out well for both sides, and I think it's something that both sides saw coming uh, after the end of the Jimbo era. Yeah, they, uh, you know, and I remember when, when they – let Jimbo go. I was like, well, who's accountable for giving him that contract and that buyout? Yeah. And there was no no penalty. And then you mentioned the 
the stoops higher. So this was kind of a uh, a mutual, if you will, or because I'm trying to figure yeah. out why would you leave A and M for Ohio State? Why would you leave Texas to go to Columbus? <laughs> um, yeah. You know, where weather like what we're dealing with today is is normal yeah. for five months Columbus. a year. You know, I, yeah. I, I you know, um, and I don't know which is a better job to be honest. Right now, is A and M and the SEC a better job than Ohio State in the Big Ten? Yeah, well, it's a great question and one for debate. But, you know, there are worse jobs, obviously, than Ohio State. So, I, you know, I think he did well getting the Ohio State job and, and landing on his feet, so to speak. So he's gone Ole Miss, A&M, to, to Ohio State. And, you know, I really, really like Ross. I really do. From a personal standpoint, I hate seeing him go. He was always very good to me. So um, I wish him the very best of luck. I, I mean that from my heart, that I hope he does really well at Ohio State. And, um, you know, I'll root for Ohio State as much as I can because he's there. So uh, he made some really good coaching hires in other sports besides football. It's not just all about football. And I think he made some really good hires and did some good things. It was a great fundraiser uh, at A&M. But, but all in all, from an Aggie perspective, this is a good day for Texas A&M that he's not going to be the athletic director. Yeah, I, I think that's probably true. I, I think it was time for, for both sides to go their separate ways after the contract to Jimbo and then the way the Mark Stoops thing uh, was handled. I think it was time for, for a parting, and that and that happens in this business. You can like somebody, and, and sometimes, you know, it's the Bill Belichick, Robert Kraft, not that Ross Bjork stayed at A&M 24 years, but same sort of deal. Like, sometimes it's just time to go separate ways, and you still like each other and, and all that, but it's it's time to split up and, and it's best for both sides to move on. And I think that's what happened in New England, and I think that's what happened at A&M today. Distinguished alum from uh, Texas A&M uh, and a uh, reader at ProFootballTalk.com. Shereen Williams, follow her on Twitter, at NFL Shereen. Always appreciate the knowledge and insight. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. Shereen Williams on the Buyer's Barricades guest line where they provide traffic control rental and sales for San Antonio and beyond online at buyersbarricades.com.